Hey, my name is Suhani, and this is my podcast, The Fem Stem Mythbusters. In today's episode, I will be talking with Monica H. King, the founder and CEO of Innovators Box, about the idea that creativity is unwelcome in the STEM field. Ms. Kang is an internationally recognized ex- expert in workplace creativity. Her work has been recognized by the White House, Ashoka Changemakers, National Minority Supplier Development Council, and Women's Business Enterprise National Council. She holds an MS from SAIS Johns Hopkins University in Strategic Studies and International Economics, and a BA from Boston University. Hello, and welcome to my podcast. Uh, it's so nice to meet you, Mrs. Kang. Thank you for having me. Yeah, happy hist- uh, Women's History Month. Yes, we got to celebrate it every time and um, even beyond March, but really glad that we have this time to celebrate. Yeah. It, have you done anything special this month or on like w- uh, International Women's History Day? Uh, I think a mix of things. We always also as a platform and a you know company want to promote other female innovators around the world. And so we try to do storytelling, either blogs or, you know, interviews. And so we've done a series of that. And then I've also been interviewed back as well as one of their many guests. So I've done a handful of more podcasts, guest speaking, a workshop, but also I think just, you know, promoting one another in every small way. I hope that people realize that whether you have a company or not, or whether no matter what age or background, we can all support that um, and you know, empower one another by doing those one action, which is like, you know, you know, a friend who did something well and you want to promote and share that specifically a female, like that's all small actions that make a huge difference. And so I hope that everyone has the reminder to feel like every small action makes a difference um, in promoting, sharing, even sharing back their social media messages. Like, Hey, I want to congratulate my friend who did this. Or like, I'm really inspired by this. Like the more we keep sharing and promoting those stories and, you know, in action and thanking them is where I think change will be. Yeah, for sure. I love the way you put that. Um, And another thing is, it's so amazing to be in the presence of another podcaster, which brings me to my first little question. So tell me a little bit about yourself, your journey, and how you decided you wanted to become a speaker and educator. Where to start? <laughs> I think um, I thank you for the question because I, I say it's it's such a humble moment to always think about who we are each time, where we are. I think honestly, at each stage of my life, uh, looking back, I would not have envisioned where I am today at this stage of life. Like I thought, like okay, maybe one day I want to write a book, one day I want to uh, have a business, but you know, not really in the way that I planned or saw where I am. And so a little bit about myself. I'm Monica King. I have a business called Innovators Box. I help leaders in companies around the world rethink culture, leadership, team development with creativity, and now am a culture and leadership expert. Uh, But the fun thing about why I shared that kind of intro phrase is that originally that was not my career path. I wanted to be a diplomat. Uh, I pursued government. I was in the U.S. government and, you know, worked at the United Nations as well, as well. Um, worked in three continents, in Europe, Asia, and Korea, uh, in the United States for different projects and jobs I had. Um, and I, you know, specialized in my last role as nuclear weapon security uh, because I felt like, you know, there's a gap in the market, like I wanted to help address also a lack of diversity there, whole other 
theme I'm sure we'll dive into. Um, and the reason why it led me to now doing the work I doing now was because I realized no matter how much I loved what I did, I felt stuck and depressed. And if I can, I don't know if this word could be triggering maybe for some of us in the listeners, but actually even suicidal at some point um, and feeling like I felt really lost. And I shared that in earnesty and hope that it's an encouragement for those who's by chance feeling those moments to know that there is a way to get out. Um, you just have to trust and go through you know, finding help and, you know, seeking that you want to change. And for me, that context was realizing that I'm not happy where I am. I know change is needed. I don't know how, but let me do this one thing differently, which was changing my commute ride uh, from crying in the bus <laughs> to work instead of then, you know, giving a chance to maybe wearing this big sunglass and walking to work. And curiously enough, um, that led to many other decisions because when you walk to work instead of taking the bus, you have to do a lot of other decisions, such as waking up earlier, make sure you actually check the weather because now do you need to bring an umbrella or is it going to be windy today? <laughs> like actually look at the street and study the map where you're heading so that way you know how to get to the office. Um, and as silly as these details might have felt, it fueled me new insights because I noticed things along the way. I noticed how, hey, um, why is there always traffic here? Hey, why is there always... Um, something you know that there's a long line here and that led me to realize that there's so many interesting things and by the time i got to the office i got so curious that even though my boss or my colleagues didn't ask me to do something different i wanted to because i was noticing these things just like how there's a traffic am i creating traffic in how i do things or just be, just like how there's a long line how can i create you know like that attraction in the way that i do things or you know permit our customers and like our clients, our stakeholders feel appreciated. And I found joy back in my job. And through that journey and process made me realize how important mindset, that space, safe space, but also how we're always in that control of creativity and mindset. Um, and so that's why when you ask the question, you know, share a little bit about where I am and who I became, I share these different contexts too, because at the moment of each moment, I didn't know where I was heading, but now looking at where I am, because of both those difficulties, because of all those different jobs and experience I had, I can now relate to all these different contexts of feeling stuck at work, working with global teams, our understanding five generations of like why it feels okay and why it feels like hard to do certain things because I've been in places both being included and excluded. Um, and so that's the reason why, whether it's the podcast that I have or the books and all the resources that I do led me to doing that because I felt it was not accessible and relatable to learn about these things. And hence now became you know, who I am of wanting to drive and making creativity, leadership, and culture accessible and fun and relatable. And so uh, hopefully sharing that could give some context to what drives me, but also why I was excited to get a chance to be on the show and connect with everyone too. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, um, I love that you added some of your own vulnerability. I'm glad that you were able to find those small things, such as, as you said, walking to work that helped you get out of this um, depression or, or like feeling like you didn't enjoy your work or your hobbies and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm, it's really amazing how you use that to fuel um, your, your desire to help people in finding their own um, creativity and 
and joy in life and in the workplace. And I love that you bring up creativity because I wanted to begin by getting your opinion for today's episode. Do you think creativity is welcome in the STEM workplace? What a great question indeed. Well, let me circle back to you first before I answer, which is what, what, what's what been your gut instinct so far, especially from what you've noticed in STEM and also having spoken with a lot of people on this show? Um, To me, I feel like creativity is a huge, huge part of the STEM field because yeah. the whole point of STEM is to... Uh, to kind of come up with these create with these innovative solutions and with innovation creativity is a huge huge part of that right so i feel like we generally think of stem as these it's science technology engineering and mathematics and generally we don't think of uh, creativity as a part of that because i don't know this is at least for me when i think creativity i think things like art English, music, right? So it just doesn't, the, finding that connection between the two wasn't as clear. But the more that I'm diving into the STEM field, the more that I'm thinking about it, um, I realize how important it is to have that um, creativity aspect because that, that really helps um, find those more innovative solutions. Or for example, if I'm writing code, I need to have creative ways to think of the logic so that yeah. I can put it into the right syntax mm -hmm. and um, solve this problem that I'm trying to solve. So that's my st uh, stance on it. But I'd love to hear yours too, because I know that you're not traditionally mm -hmm. STEM, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, part of the joy, I think, uh, even when I was in nuclear weapons security, I'm not the scientist. I work with scientists. I work with military security. Um, I'm the, uh, so I guess, you know, the, uh, the connector kind of, you know, uh, uh, with international affairs and, you know, policy. And, and so it's, it's a joy to get a chance to be immersed in STEM, but, you know, as a collaborator and recognizing that. And so I love that you share that context and thank you for humoring me and taking uh -huh. one to share your reflection on, because you're absolutely right. Part of the reason why I wanted to take a moment to ask back to you first was like everything that you shared is part of the reason why it drove me in wanting to do this work, but especially be driven when we speak about audiences in STEM and especially for our female audiences, because the number one thing, exactly what you said is we're not seeing enough examples in society. We're not seeing enough examples in our, you know, home grounds and communities that people who look and think like us and to realize, oh, maybe I can be that person too. Like, oh, I didn't know I can be a scientist and that's being creative. And it doesn't mean that I have to be like an artist in a traditional sense because we're not seeing that. It feels like, yeah, that's not for me. Or like, no, I'm not creative because I'm a scientist. <laughs> or like, I, I'm too logical. Like, I can't do that. Um, and, and what I think people forget is... Um, one, to put themselves kind of into perspective that don't be too harsh on yourself that sometimes this feels hard because, hey, society has normalized this so much that many of us had misinformed or misinformed of it. So, you know, first, don't be too hard on oneself. So if you feel like, why don't I not get this? Or like, why is this hard? I think part of the reason why we feel challenged is because we feel like it should be easy yeah. and it's hard. 
So I want to first comment on that. Um, and that's why I thank you for sharing that because I know everyone who's listening is probably nodding their head as they're tuning. Yeah, that's how I feel too. Uh, and then two, as a result, because of it's hard, I recommend kind of breaking it down um, to reframe. And hence, the reason why my book title is also Rethink Creativity is I use the phrase rethink creativity a lot because that's part of the area that I want to help uh, reframe and address the inaccessibility of understanding creativity as a tool and um, way of framing and problem solving everything. So let's maybe start rather with what is creativity and why do we get to the point of like whether it's STEM or like, you know, if you're not in traditional art that we didn't get. And it's because it, as you shared, creativity is often seen as art in traditional ways. But if you really break down creativity as a value, it essentially means the aspect of thinking differently doing something differently. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, for scientists especially, and you know, even if you say I'm the most logical person, like you are essentially creating new logic. <laughs> you are creating new things. And that's the essence of being creative, right? The word create, creative, like you cannot create if you're not creative. Um, and part of the fun place of if we want to be truly logical is recognizing how in the English word, there are different phrases we talk about this world. Ideas, imagination, creativity, creative, right? And innovation. And um, I know at times we jumble and use these words interchangeably, but there's a reason why the English word is different if we truly want to break it down. And the fun part um, that I hope, especially for this audience that you can use as a note is that, hey, when you are um, like idea is the stage when we have a different perspective and idea, but then it becomes creative when you make that into execution or make that idea come to life. So my creative, my creativity or me being creative might be that, Hey, I'm recording this podcast, but like, I realize I'm not in an internet stable uh, location. So let's be off camera. And like, that might be like, no, that's not really creative, but like you're problem solving that real time. Maybe that was at that time, not something you thought of. So you're suggesting, or maybe somebody's like, Hey, I can't like, you know, get the audio quality. So let me hide in the closet and like do something like you're creatively problem solving. So that idea of like, let me do this differently. And then you took that into action is the act of being creative. So if we put it in that frame, you'll notice that you're doing already a lot of it, but here's the other fun part. The reason why now we have the word imagine uh, innovation differently is you have all these silly, somewhat looking creative moments over time when that becomes productized or into a bigger scale, that's when it's innovation. And so when we talk about like all the scientists was listening and the STEM community was like, you know, yeah, I'm innovating or like I'm doing these new, um, new innovation, new research, like reframing what we think about this, you're essentially innovating but you probably cannot innovate unless you've got a chance to be inspired, got a chance to get new ideas, imagine how you do that differently, and as a result, create, which hence led to innovation and innovating. And so that's part of the nuance that, especially if you want to geek out on the language terms, why it's different. And I hope that gives a little bit of framing of one example for those who felt like it was a foreign concept for you because you felt like you were in STEM to know that actually you were always already doing it. It's just that we need to put the category um, in recognition for it. And so for those who felt like, oh yeah, that now makes sense. Like no wonder why, like when I'm certain moments in the flow, when you're creating or you don't suggesting something new, you felt excited and, you know, lost track of time. That's you in the flow of being creative thinking. Um, and so that's one framing. And I hope that by doing so, you will catch yourself noticing and recognizing some of these nuances. And so I wanted to take it to elaborate that. I um, mean, I hope that kind of 
gives one example of how you can tangibly reframe um, and rethink about it. And so for me, again, that creative being what looks simly. Let me not take the bus. Let me let me walk to work. And maybe again, it doesn't look as creative to other people. But for me at that time, it was because I just desperately needed a different approach. And that's what it became. And it turns out became a life-changing decision in the future. But we never know until later. So play with the languages. Is it yeah. fun? Yeah, it is. Um, I didn't, I love the way you put the um, connection between creativity and innovation, because you're right, I do kind of use it interchangeably. For me, um, innovation is kind of creativity, but creativity, when you said that, I pictured like a graph almost, and it's Mm -hmm. like, it's like each different section is different bursts of creativity, which leads to like this bigger product uh, Mm -hmm. or like slope or something of innovation. And yeah, that, that really opened my eyes. Like I'm just thinking about that and that's really cool. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And thank you for asking. And so for other framing visuals that I love to think about is, you know, especially, you know, for us in STEM. And this is why I think I have like personal joy in getting a chance to always communicate with, uh, you know, those in the STEM community and those, you know, are leading those initiative, uh, those who are especially also female, because I think we are not able to talk about these contexts more earnestly. And, you know, we have. And so mm-hmm. had a lot of chance to keynote speak or, you know, lead workshops for the audiences and or speak like this. And uh, one of the things that I also found helpful is just noting that, hey, I know because the work that we do in STEM, you know, is at times looks very logical, serious work, high consequence, you know, risk, got to be mindful of it, that it feels hard to try something different. And so I want to encourage that maybe sometimes we feel that way because of the context, instead of feeling like it's not because we're not creative, it's because maybe we felt that way. And so that's part of the reason why the tip is noticing the environment is really key. And so just as you said, hey, it makes me think of that visual of like the small burst of creativity. It's important, the more we feel like we're not sure how to create space to practice our creativity is to create the space to feel we can. So in other words, the question is then how do we create those bursts of random thoughts of thinking differently? Well, it might be that, okay, um, you create a routine where you feel like you can. And two, learn how to feel comfortable finding rooms you feel like you could talk about those things. So one example is that let's say, okay, very busy. I'm sure everyone here is busy who's listening to this or doing multitasking as they're listening to this. <laughs> um, very busy. I have all these things. And so it would like, okay, well, while you're doing this, give yourself permission, just even five minutes, five minutes today, you're going to just practice thinking differently. What are all the different ways I would do this? Whatever that this is. Um, maybe it's something that you're doing at work in STEM. Maybe it's something that you do as a hobby, but like, even when it goes back to your example of coding, how would I want to do this differently? Just practice thinking about it. Think it, maybe you write it out, maybe you visualize it, as you said. And then in that moment, what you are doing in your brain is sparking those little C's. Dun, 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 dun. It's like doing this ripple effects. And so imagine you doing that all the time and feeling comfortable. Your creativity muscle in your brain is more comfortable, like jumping to that faster. I mean, you're literally seeing these dots flying one back and forth, if that helps the visualization. And that's why then you feel more comfortable. Oh, yeah, that transportation example. Yeah, why don't we put this into context of entertainment and then also solving social climate change and like social problems? Like, yeah, it totally makes sense in my head. Let me show how we can do this and then solve this in new scientific research. That will be incredible because now you've got comfortable connecting all these different dots, which is part of the reason why one of my favorite quotes from Steve Jobs talking about, right? Connect, be a dot connector. 
connect all the dots and sometimes it seems easier in hindsight, but the framing of always seeking that, giving yourself space to practice that. Um, and if you feel like you don't have that space now, create it, create it in your routine. Even if it's again, five minutes, giving one mission, maybe a day of, I want to do something different. Unless we exercise just like health, how do we envision then to be healthy? How do we envision to uh, get to that um, creative goal of thinking differently and finding new opportunities? And it's probably even more crucial, especially in STEM, to see that because let's talk about COVID real case. If we didn't have scientists and like, you know, researchers working and vaccination and wanting to solve the COVID crisis, we wouldn't be at where we are. We would still face a traumatic situation of not solving anything. And so thank God we have nurses, doctors, and researchers around the world and scientists working on it um, to find new solutions. So, so important and especially even more so because the world is rapidly changing and all your new thinking no matter how silly that looks, that's going to lead you to all these important decisions and changes. Yeah, you're essentially training yourself to think creatively. Yes, that's and, exactly what it is. And I feel like that's not talked about enough. We never, we don't yeah. think we need to train <laughs> ourselves to do that. It's. I feel like people often have this misconception that your creativity or your imagination is based is an innate thing it's something you're born with it's mm -hmm. uh how mm -hmm. talented you are you know talent mm -hmm. is often given as an excuse to the extent of your creativity or your imagination mm -hmm. um like off people will will list out you know mozart or beethoven or um picasso and be like oh these people were born with this talent, but that's not true. They practiced and practiced. They put in the hours and that's how they got to where they were. So uh, I love that you brought up that we need to actively train ourselves um, to be able to cre think creatively up to a point where it's it's a natural thing for us. Mm -hmm. And um, you're right that it not thinking creatively can make our the work that we do dull even if we did at once enjoy it and and creativity is so so integral to finding the new solutions which are needed and which we do credit stem to finding you know such as covid as you said that's such a relevant example but there's so many other areas too but to connect this back to you know um women as you said we generally see, we generally attribute women to um, creative fields, right? Such as music and art. And I put creative in air quotes because I think we've debunked the idea that creativity is um, exclusive to, say, music and art. But how do you think that this combined with the misconception that creativity and STEM are distinct might hold girls back from pursuing STEM. Mm, mm, absolutely. No, thank you for sharing that. Um, it's, um, yeah, I mean, this is part of the reason why I'm grateful to be who I am on the extra factor. So obviously, and this is in fact a tip I share, especially with a lot of the female audiences, because, you know, imposter syndrome, feeling like one of the few and all these other aspects, especially for those in the STEM community. I mean, you're probably still one of the few females, one of the few, you know, your age group, one of the few um, 
a uh, few person who looks like you and is, uh, you know, on ethnicity and educational background. And we're, we're going to have to probably still go through that phase a little bit because uh, it's going to take time to push that boundary. Uh, so hang in there. Don't give up. Every every time you do one thing, it's going to help another person uh, somewhere else because know that it's possible. Um, but because of that, I think uh, it's so important to take it one step at a time. So, and then breaking it down. So for girls who feel like, hey, um, I'm creative. So different, like different contexts, right? So one group, let's say, feel like, okay, and now I get it. I feel like I'm creative, but I don't know how to put this in STEM. And I feel discouraged because I don't see enough examples. I would then start there. I don't see enough examples. So where do I see examples? Do I see examples in going back to even traditional art? That's okay. Bring that to your world. Bring that to your uh, geeky, in my case, my nuclear world, right? And mm -hmm. geek out there. Like bring that out and, you know, share it in your voice. And I'm so grateful that out of all the things that I do, that I happen to be a female, that I happen to be um, an Asian American female, permits me to then dive into these other nuances that I think we need to talk more about, that I'm super grateful. Um, and honestly, I have so many moments that it, the opportunities of what I get to do feels extra humbling when the host and the clients that bring me add the footnote up, by the way, you're the first, you're the first Asian speaker we had. You're the first woman speaker we had, or you're the first like non-scientist speaker we had. <laughs> you're the first of anything because I know that we're, I'm not just there to break boundaries of creativity. I'm there to break down also stereotypes that we all unconsciously carry. And yeah. especially for girls who's listening, like I know part of the reason why it feels hard is that we might be still having these unconscious bias that we feel others are projecting on us and unconsciously letting that define us. And so take a moment to one, recognize that we can't really change how everyone always thinks of us. So unfortunately, I'm sorry, you know, just ahead of time. Uh, you're going to still see people who are honestly not going to be nice, um, mm -hmm. going to be still judgy. and But that does not mean you are limited. That has to be crystal clear. And so if you feel like, I don't feel that way, I'm not sure how I can gain that confidence, the question that I want to challenge you all is then how can you find that? Start with one thing at a time. Do you get inspired by watching TED Talks? Do you maybe even just listening to podcasts like this to find resources that empower you? Find your own inspiration. Maybe it's when you talk to your different peers. Maybe when it's you attend events. Uh, maybe it's when you actually um, go um, speak with other peers and mentors or you reach out to people. Do whatever that helps you be inspired. But we need to all take ownership in expanding our circle of learning and finding that I don't see that example and like I'm not sure how to be creative. Then find it one at a time. Um, and so I want to encourage that. Don't let that discouragement of what we don't see be the end of the narrative. That's just one part of your chapter. You have many more chapters to go in your life. So you can put a period on that chapter one. I was like, okay, that was chapter one of my book, chapter two. So as a result of that, I'm going to now explore this. You are the owner of your story. And so don't let ever that situation make you feel you need to stop it's okay to acknowledge that maybe I need to write three more chapters that I'm not happy with this and I'm feeling stuck and I'm feeling stressed. That's okay. Just make sure that 
you always know that you are in control. Um, and so that's one lens I want to emphasize uh, on the framing. So I hope that that's already the hint that you're noticing, which leads to the second point is that often I think when we ask the question, how can we find more creativity in girls in STEM or, you know, women and more representation, we look for tactical solutions. But as you're already noticed in my framing, it's in the way we frame and digest information or how we relate that is part of the hint. Um, and so the second part is realizing that uh, as you're taking these actions is keeping also your voice and your perspective in mind. You're foremost probably the scientist, you know, the engineer, the coder, uh, who's really great at what you do, who happen to be a female, who happen to be of certain age, who happen to come from certain backgrounds and celebrate and use that to your advantage. Um, I'll share one example. Being Asian American, uh, I am grateful for the values in Asian culture. At times it could come across negatively, you know, the extra humility and the bowing and all the respectfulness. But I appreciate being Asian American to celebrate that with the confidence and the individual voice that we share in American culture to bridge that together. And so I have so many people who share like, wow, Monica, you shared an example of where I feel you're both American and Korean. And, and I, don't, I feel that I could relate to you. And because they felt related, they get to raise their hand and say, and Monica, honestly, I didn't get when my colleague said this, or I felt hurt when this happened. And it, I feel honored that I can share those spaces and rooms and be that problem solver and help creating that rooms together because of those other side identities. And so don't feel like because you are the only female in the room that you have to hide your female voice or your natural gut instinct of bringing out those things, bring that out and celebrate what's in the room. So be the room reader, right? Like I think the thing that I worry at times, um, especially for girls in STEM um, or, you know, in any industry that they feel they're one of the few is that they feel like they have to change themselves or hide a part of who they are because they are not seeing enough representation. Um, you can be the one who's leading that initiative. So Yes, it's going to be hard. Yes, you're going to see, unfortunately, people who's going to judge you and who's not going to understand you. And the more you see it, remind yourself, I just need to find more people who understand me. I just need to find more people to learn from this. But I hope that gives different ways, hopefully for the listeners and, you know, who's tuning in to find different nuggets that helps them. Mm -hmm. And uh, one common theme that I've found um, for like many of the episodes that I've done is how important staying authentic is because the moment that you're not true to yourself you lose a bit of yourself and you lose a bit of the confidence that comes with that yes. which obviously is going to negatively impact anything that you're trying to do because when you're not fully confident then you don't have the same ideas you feel more self-conscious and it's kind of just a rabbit hole that you go down like two episodes ago that I did um I we I had a guest star who I talked about unwelcome femininity and so we just used that uh, as like a catalyst to talk about um staying true to yourself whether that means you know uh, embracing your girl quote unquote girly side you know making sure to accept those parts of yourself that you feel aren't as welcome in STEM or aren't as traditionally STEM because the only way that we can get past those boundaries is by doing it first. As you said, uh, I love your examples that you brought up 
about how being the first Asian American speaker, being the first female speaker, encouraged others to to do the same, or they others felt relatable to you, and so that in of itself made a lot of difference and made a change, and hopefully encouraged others to um, pursue something that they felt, I guess scared to do because they felt like there weren't enough examples to follow or they felt too different to do. No, I was going to, I I wanted, I was, I wanted to plus one on that because the reason why I felt important to share that context was I knew how it felt so well when I didn't feel safe to feel, fully feel myself and like fully be the Monica who I felt like my identity should be because of the fear of all the stereotypes, because I felt like, okay, if you're Asian American or Asian, you should do it a certain way. If you're working in government, yeah, don't talk about your personal feelings online because they, you know, privacy, not good. <laughs> don't desert, like don't, don't, don't. And so, um, and especially in a field of nuclear weapon security where security is so important and yes, privacy, confidentiality, as well as, you know, actual security matters. Um, the, the, uh, security clearance and uh, that way of working made me unconsciously feel like I have to always be careful of everything. Can't talk a certain way, have to show up a certain way. And uh, like literally just thinking about it, it's like feeling stuffy of like feeling like I don't know what to do. Like um, it doesn't help even that I'm not seeing enough examples, but like even if I did, like I felt like I had to portray a certain voice and not feel my full voice and project all my different gifts and what and how I wanted to serve and show up. And so it was only when I realized that it was me letting what I felt or noticing be the defining instead of me getting curious about why do I feel that way and how can I do that differently? That was the game changer. And so did people change how they engage with me? No, but I changed how I try to interpret what I was noticing. I tried to remind myself, okay, if I'm still feeling like the environment is stuffing me, where can I go to more places where I find fuel and inspiration and bring rather back to here? And if for folks who's listening, who still feel like, but Monica, you know, you know, that's great that the two of you feel like that you can find it and understand, but you guys don't know like what it's like to be in my shoe right now. This is really impossible. It's not, you know, it's nowhere. Um, it's not possible at all. And I want to still encourage like, yes, you might still feel like it's impossible and scary. And first I want you to acknowledge that that's okay. And because it's okay, I want you to take just one step at a time what that act of courage could look like. Maybe that one act of courage today for you is like just finding one more colleague in your office at work or, you know, at school that you feel like you can just really be yourself. And again, this is a nuance. Don't don't think like, oh, that means I, this is a person I can vent and talk about everything. Like, you know, you don't want me to be the, just the complainer, you know. Bridging that friendship in space. Just maybe finding one person. And make sure you do something like that every day, whether it's required at work, at school, or not. Because the part is you give yourself permission to be in your own voice and get familiar. Because the one thing that we can never run out of doing is getting to know ourselves better and understanding why, what ticks us, what doesn't, how do we then bring out more of it. And I hope that, that by recognizing it's a lifelong learning of what we understand of society as well as ourselves, that you give yourself permission that, okay, now I understand one more thing about me and why I get inspired, why I don't, why I love coding, why I love to, you know, be an engineer, why I wanted to do it. It's going to then feel more fun. And I hope that permits over time, visually, more people who felt black and white to feel like they can step into their own unique colors because we need more rainbows and colors of all different kinds not black and white. And that's not how we're going to solve problems, whether in STEM or anywhere. 
Yeah, that's great advice because honestly, yeah, it can be overwhelming sometimes to be like, just just go and like change how you how you view yourself, how you um, view your workplace, your habits, etc. But taking it step by step and setting small goals is definitely really really helpful. And now I kind of want to turn the conversation a little bit um, and bring up the the paradox, I guess, that while women are correlated with creativity, there's a creativity bias against them in the workplace. I'm just wondering if you have any experience with that um, or anything you'd like to share relating to that. Could you share a little bit more context so that way we can be more specific on it? Yeah. So I can give an example like relating to STEM. Um, For example, women are often considered less innovative than their than their male counterparts even though this has been scientifically disproven so uh, I guess why do you think that this bias exists especially when when we do generally associate women with creativity or those creative fields Mm. it's such a great insight and I think this leads to why still we have the leadership gap in all industries, right? We still have majority uh, male, male of one ethnicity, uh, hint, hint. (laughs) Um, uh, We're working on the change. It's great to see more celebration uh, and diversity going on. But as you've correctly pointed out, I think the unconscious bias is there. And that's why it's especially even more important one to both as for, you know, girls and women who's listening to realize, hey, like your voice is important and make sure you have allies allies across, um, allies in other spaces around you. So that way you don't let that visual limit you, misguide you, um, and misguide your colleagues as well. And so part of what my excitement of the current timing of us talking about this is that I think we're going through that wave of change now. It's been already going on and we're seeing more honest conversations and it's up to all of us to take one action at a time to again, making the small actions. We feel like we all want to change the world, but it's not going to be overnight. (laughs) Just doing one thing at a time. So it might be that your way of addressing it could be that you're talking to that guy friend of yours who always felt like, yeah, girls can do that. Of like just having a, you know, healthy discussion. It's like, hey, do you mind if like, you, you know, I really respect your opinion. Like, I'm curious why you feel that way. Like, tell me more, you know, let's talk about it. Like, who are different role models, right? And you might be surprised. And maybe it's that, oh, I didn't realize I said it that way. I think I must have unconsciously thought because this change of what we want to see can't be just for girls and women. We need to bring all our different allies so that they all feel and can see that together. Um, so it's really key. So it could be a conversation that could be one action you did today. Or maybe you stepped in for somebody else. Maybe somebody commented, yeah, yeah, I don't think this person's ready for it because, um, you know, they're a female, da, 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 da. And they maybe sit unconsciously both sexist comments and, you know, racist meds and conscious bias. Um, then it could be that you advocate male or female who's listening to this and saying like, you know, uh, I can understand where that's coming from, even if you don't, parentheses. <laughs> but like, you know, um, let's take a moment. Like, I think it's really great that, you know, she did these things and like she stepped up. Like, actually, she has a lot of history of, you know, doing so much innovation and problem solving. So back up people when they're not in the room. 
that's another way that you can help advocate to help reframe. Um, and so that's a visible action you could do. And three, for those who's listening, who's like, you know what? This is actually really eye-opening. I have no idea that I might have that unconscious bias. Like, thank you both for talking about this. How can I reframe? I would encourage then go look out to find stories and learn. So, you know, so there's tons of people for, for those who are social media lovers who like to learn it that way. Tons of people that you can follow who are from all ethnicity and um, gender age that you can be inspired and learn from. And when we consume more information and inspiration from diverse places, we organically feel that understanding that everyone can be creative and everyone can be in STEM and all of that normalizes because what we consume. So these are some actionable things that everyone can do. And that's where I think over time, again, this is why culturally, then hopefully systematically and socially, that we will see gradual shifts. I hope that whatever stats we're unhappy now, the part of the power of us speaking to girls today is that you're going to be the next generation leading those changes. So don't let that stat stop you. Don't feel like I'm angry and I'm upset and that's done. You can lead that um, and you can start with those actions today because we need to bring everyone to the circle. That that was put wonderfully, Miss King. Um, you're you're right. That's that is how we can start making change because um, we finally started acknowledging these unconscious and implicit biases, right? Whether it is for gender, race, um, ethnicity, etc. So now that we've acknowledged it, or we started acknowledging it, we can find these small little actions to change our own thinking and um and so now that we're coming close to the end i just want to come back to the bias that we were talking about or the the myth i guess that we were talking about which was that creativity is unwelcome in stem and just ask you how we've debunked that Again, something you're going to notice is one step at a time. Mm -hmm. And so for those who are listening, I hope that you are feeling inspired and feel like, oh, yeah, now I, I understand how I'm creative, how I can be more creative, where I want to do it. You taking those actions is already the starting step, right? Somebody else is going to notice like, oh, my gosh, like uh, I didn't realize as well. Like, you know, I love coding or like I love building things and I didn't realize that meant me being creative. I'm like, oh yeah, you're, you're totally being creative. Like talk about those things, all your small actions and interactions, that's being catalyst. Um, part of what I want to keep emphasizing, especially because I think so often we celebrate the big changes in the macro systematic that we forget to recognize that, yes, that's important. And so is the micro moments, mm -hmm. the mini moments of starting point, that one conversation that you've had even with a stranger you don't know how many that could be life-changing and a starting point. Again, it could be a simple starting point. Um, and so just like just like how there's many different ways we can like process and what we can do, same thing if we want to really debunk this myth. We all can take action, just one thing at a time. First, believing that we can, that we're creative. I think often as a female, uh, we're not both given enough space, but also the chance to practice expressing these different perspectives or expressing, hey, I think it was unfair or hey, I think um, we need more diversity here. So for those who's listening, it's like, what's another action step is practice expressing 
expressing maybe in writing, maybe in coding, maybe in how you build. Communicate through the way you most feel alive as a way to channel the way you, what you want to speak. For those, you know, driven ones, which I'm sure are why you're listening to this on top of your busy, everything that's going on in your life, that make sure you're also including recharge times and taking a step back. Because in our joy of problem solving, stepping up, that we lose sight of staying busy, 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 creating, 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 that we forget to like pause and process. So that's why I, I wanted to take a moment to acknowledge earlier as well and that like it's okay to take time to heal. It's okay to walk out of a conversation that was so not helpful, that was so upsetting. Call a friend, talk to people that you know that you're going to feel heard or like, you know, process that. Don't do it alone. But I really want to emphasize how we can all take ownership in one action at a time because if we feel, unless we feel empowered, this change, we're just waiting for other people to do it. That's going to take a lot longer. So both party has to start. There's going to be change other people do, but there's changes that we all can do as well. And so I hope, again, by making it tangible, one step at a time, whatever that small action is, that's part of the key that I hope inspires and how you can debunk the myth for yourself and for others around you. That was a wonderful conclusion to this episode. Thank you so much for coming on as a guest, Ms. King. And um, please check out her two podcasts, Curious Monica and... The other one, Dear I, Workplace. Dear mm-hmm. Workplace, yes. Mm-hmm. And you you have a book too, right? Yes. In Creativity. Uh, and then for those who want to have a fun way of learning and uh, through a picture book and children's book, I have Have You Seen My Friends? And it goes on the journey of finding your three friends, curiosity, courage, and creativity. Wow. Yep. Go check that out. And thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And thank you guys so much for listening This was our last episode for our Women's History Month special, but this is in no way an end of our celebration of women and the wonderful things that we're doing. So stay tuned because I have many, many more amazing women to come to share their stories that we can learn from and look up to. And yeah, I just want to wish you guys once again a happy Women's History Month. 